Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. Today, I am your host, James McLam, and today uh, I have the honor to have a person who is extremely involved with equipping coaches with the skills that they need to make an impact. And when I'm talking about coaches, I'm talking about basketball coaches, sports coaches, those coaches who are directly involved. Coach Justin Fortado is a trainer of coaches to help them, give them the skills so that they can be the best coach, so they can develop team players. He also has a passion for developing the teams that he works with as leaders more than skills, because in his experience, he's realized that there is so much emphasis placed with young athletes on their skill development that their character and their leadership skills suffer. And so he has developed that in his program called Bridging Impact. You're going to learn a lot about bridging impact. If you're a coach, you're going to want to implement a lot of the things that he uh, is doing in his program. Check out the links below so you can learn more about it. Let's go straight to our interview with Coach Justin. Justin, welcome to our show today. Thank you for being our guest. Of course. Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited for our conversation. Well, I, this has become a regular pattern for me, but let's do a shout out and thank you for Tammy Matheny for connecting us together. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, Tammy's I, I believe I should start our own, we should start our own podcast. Those of us who know her at college, you know, friends of Tammy and just, you know, there would be an endless amount of, of, of uh, guests for that show. So Yeah, we'd never run out. <laughs> we never would. We never would. Hey, uh, our audience heard us give a little bit of introduction from you, but they always love to hear from our guests, to share with them what about themselves. So if you wouldn't mind, Coach, share a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I mean, right now, currently, present day, I am coaching at Venice High School for the freshman and sophomore basketball team, boys basketball team. I'm also building out Bridging Impact basketball program inspired from the Bridging Impact podcast. And I'm also a substitute teacher, but how did I get there? And why Why am I here? Why are we here having this conversation? And so, you know, I always like to give context that sports were my life growing up. That was my childhood, you know, from pretty much, you know, there are little pictures of me swinging a baseball back on a tiny little tee from when I was, you know, one or two years old. And I played all the way through 18. Now I'm in the basketball coaching world. But just so many of my memories of you know playing sports as as a young athlete you know from travel travel sports to high school sports are from you know those times like playing with my teammates and you know of course the road trips then and going to you know like reno and being able to you know go play games like outside of the sport itself, just building those relationships and building those friendships, those lifelong friendships. So many of my friendships that I have today are from, from sports. And I wanted to become a coach number one, to just give back the experience that I had because it was, it was so much fun. Um, and I just, I, I can't imagine my childhood without sports and, Needless to say, 
you know, of course, I have a lot of memories from sports, but I also learned a lot of really important life lessons. And I think one of the big reasons that I'm still in basketball today is because I really had to scrap and claw and earn my way onto the varsity basketball team my senior year. So the previous year, uh, my junior year, I was cut from the varsity basketball team. I got to play JV, which I'm, I'm very thankful for, but it gave me the, it was a very competitive team and it gave me a good perspective on that. Like I really have to, you know, of course, quote unquote, work hard, but just like train really, really intentionally. And so I learned, you know, how to kind of navigate failure, right? A lot of times, like when I was playing, you know, AAU basketball, travel basketball, when I was playing with other, you know, very talented kids, I would, I would be the person that would come off the bench. And so I learned and I got a life perspective around, you know, that not everything is guaranteed and, and talent may not always be the same when you start and jump off. But I took that summer, I went to a, a camp called PGC basketball, and I was really motivated, inspired, and I was taught how to train and taught how to be a better leader. And I w woke up at 5 a.m. every single morning and either I either played basketball, I ran sprints or I lifted weights to prepare for tryouts that season. And I was able to make the team and I was really excited. And that's all I wanted to do, honestly. And I, I look back on it and I wish maybe like during the season I had, you know, put in a little bit more effort to try and get minutes. But I was just happy to be on the team. We were a really, a really great team. I had all my friends were on the team. And so, you know, I led from the bench and I led mm. by always bringing energy at practice. And I led by leading the team in high fives and being the first person and encouraging my teammates that that experience granted, you know, everyone wants to play. Everyone wants to be the star, but I learned that my role on the team was just to bring the energy and be someone that builds everyone up. And that's something that I've carried over to this day. Now that I'm a coach and I have an opportunity to try and impact and connect with players that are our star players, but also the players that may not see the floor as much. And I feel like those experiences that I had playing sports when I was younger, you know, especially in high school has really helped me become the coach that I am today, which, you know, leads me to the mission of bridging impact to transform leaders on and off the court through athletics. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. Cause you, you created Bridging Impact because you saw that there was a problem with the way a lot of uh, young athletes were being trained, not just in basketball, but with all aspects of fourth. What, what did you see that was a problem? Was it because they weren't getting the skills that they needed? They weren't learning how to shoot very much? What was the problem that you saw that caused you to commit yourself to both the podcast and the curriculum, the training that you have? I think those are a couple of great questions. And what really like sparked the program idea around the basketball program was I was playing basketball at a park uh, with some of my buddies. And I, you know, a lot of times here in Los Angeles, trainers use parks because there's a limited amount of gym space. And that's where I do a lot of my trainings as well. And I just watched a trainer who probably was maybe division two, division one college athlete, you know, which is what a lot of parents pay for because they, mm -hmm. they see division one, division two player. They think that player is a good coach. Well, that's not true. Being a great player and being a great coach is completely different coaches don't play they prepare players to play they train players to get better and one of the things i saw was he literally was just sitting on the bench he had six kids at different baskets and was just yelling at them and for lack of a better you know 
term, I, I, I've seen, you know, different trainers do similar aspects. Never, never to that extent, right? That was the big, oh my goodness, like I could be really making an impact on youth in, in a way more positive way than this coach who's just yelling at them. And I know he's charging, you know, a good amount of money for mm -hmm. these parents to be trained. And I'm like, these kids can go and do this on their own for free and get just as good. And so I really wanted to create an intentional experience to focus on leadership and basketball development. And I'll touch on the basketball development side of things is I, a lot of, um, basketball players here in the United States, they are very, they're very skilled, right? But basketball is a team game, just like life is. And we have been conditioning our, you know, current athletes to become too selfish, in my opinion, to catch the ball and just go shoot, to do a bunch of different moves that will look cool for Instagram and TikTok but may not look cool and look great for our team. And so that's what we really want to focus on. We want to focus on developing great team players. Of course, they're going to be getting better individually, right? You have to be get better individually for a team to continue getting better, right? It's like the tide rising all tides, but learning how to play together. And then with that second note on the leadership development side, it's just like, how do we communicate with our players? What is acceptable? You know, what is what is good? But what is being a great teammate? It's helping them up. It's continually encouraging them. You know, it's bringing energy from the bench. It's, you know, being able to just always bring your best and give your best effort. Because if you're giving your best effort, you're going to inspire your teammate to give their best effort. And again, the tide rises all tides. So creating a curriculum around leadership and basketball development will help inspire youth not only to improve their basketball skills, but I honestly think the most important aspect is what can they take away from this experience? How can they take this basketball and leadership experience into the classroom and into their homes? And that's something I'm hoping to be very intentional about. And, and when I talk and run some of these different activities is yes, I'll connect it to the basketball court, but I want to do my best to connect it to, you know, let's talk about, you know, work ethic and, and getting uh, good grades is, you know, if you want to, you know, be a basketball player and go and play in college, well, you have to have good grades and you have to, you know, be a good student and being a good student will help you in life when you're in a job, right. And being able to prepare for your job, like, you know, like for both of us, we're podcasters. So when we, before we hop on, you know, we do a little bit of research about each other and, you know, that's how we prepare. That's how we get grades now and showing up and being present. So just preparing athletes to not be athletes later on, like, you know, like we all, even Michael Jordan, LeBron James, you know, father time is, is always wins. You know, you can't play basketball until you're 80, 80 and, and make money. And, and most of us aren't going to play professionally. So how can we use those life lessons and skills off the court that we learn? There's so much there to unpack, but when you were talking and, and sharing with there, one of the things that came to mind is, is there, at least during my generation, I'm a, a Gen Xer and that, we always viewed sports as being an avenue to develop the student you know, as a whole, which is what your goal is. But there has seemed to be a transition, at least in the mm -hmm. last 15 to 20 years, towards more of developing the skill. And, and there's yeah. so many factors that might go into this, and, and we're not going to try to solve the world this problem. But what do you think has, has caused this shift to be from – hey, you, we're developing the individual to, you know, now 
I mean, that, that we're developing the total person, which is what it used to be to now. It's right. like, hey, we want you to get your skills and stuff. And I get mine, you get yours type mentality. I think it's, I mean, you sports is a, a huge industry. And I'm not mm -hmm. sure the X billions of dollars, but it's a billion dollar bit uh, industry. And so when it's, there's a lot of money tied into it, right? So a lot of, you know, training organizations, AAU programs are promising parents scholarships, right? And so when you're promising these scholarships, which technically are, instead of focusing on developing the whole person at the time, they're selling this dream that, oh, eventually they're going to be developed as a whole person once they get to college. So they're really focusing on, okay, what skills can you get from point A to point B? And honestly, one of the challenging things for, for athletes now, especially like I'm thinking about juniors and seniors going from being in high school athletics to college athletics is, is what's called the transfer portal. And the transfer portal is where players can basically transfer to any college they want now pretty freely. And it's kind of like a, a carousel. It's a little circus. Right. And with the that secondary with that, recruitment for most teams now. Exactly. And so now a lot of teams are wanting older players that they can recruit from other teams because mm -hmm. I mean that you're, you're stronger, you're wiser, you know, you kind of understand college basketball versus like when you're a senior, it's like more of a, a development project. And so, a lot of these, you know, athletes that are being sold these training programs, unless you are truly elite, it's really, really challenging even to play like division two and division three basketball um, to, to make it to those levels. And so, mm -hmm. well, I really think a big, another shift, you know, happened is also just the rise of social media, I think, um, is been a, it's been a big one. I was um, hoping looked, we'd get to that one because I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, TikTok, Instagram, you know, the reels right. attitude. It, it's really, hey, look at me, focus type thing. 100%. 100%. Because those, you don't want, I mean, it's not cool. Your, your pass and in, in, in screen away and playing like a basic team fundamental offense is not going to get a million likes on mm -hmm. Instagram. It's not. It's really not. And I know like even for myself, but I know the generation that I'm coaching and, and like the younger Gen Z, I guess I'm an older, I'm like a Gen Z millennial kind of like hybrid. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, you know, the younger generation, the younger Gen Z, you know, and, and it's not their fault either because they went through, you know, the time period, the pandemic where they were isolated, they had school mm -hmm. online everything was online so they started to perceive themselves when you're starting to you know form an identity as a young person your identity starts to become your environment well their environment was unfortunately the the a screen and a lot of social media time and likes and so okay if i do this you know cool crossover and you know try and almost dunk it or a cool layup I'm going to get more likes. I'm going to feel like I belong more in society. And so that's what I'm going to train. And I think that's also one of the big, you know, reasons you've seen this shift to individual training and just skills and, and less of mm -hmm. the whole person and more of the person that like gets more likes on social media. Yeah. I think you, you've hit on two things. One is the money issue is that there's a lot of people who are making money off of promoting these types mm -hmm. of attitudes. Um, and, Promoting team play is not as showy. It's not right. as you know, it's no. not as, uh, you know, flashy to, to to try to do that. And social media does give people the opportunity to make their own 
highlight reel where before social media right my generation didn't did not came was was the first generation that started to see the ESPN top tens, but millennials right. and Gen Zers, that's all they know on, on sports is and, and yeah. top ten is all individual highlight reels. Ever seen a top right. ten where it was a team doing something together? No, I don't think so. Maybe maybe so. like the Warriors with their amazing ball movement, but then at the yeah. end someone does something amazing individually, right? Like it has to be capped off by an amazing individual feat. Mm -hmm. So what skills do you think young athletes need to learn? You're, you're wanting to develop leadership skills. That's such mm -hmm. an ambiguous term. That means different things to different people. Yep. And I know that, you know, hey, we're doing a leadership training. I've seen all these different leadership type trainings and they all are different ranks. But what are some of the things that you want to specifically um, share with your young athletes, those that come to your programs? What are you what are you hoping that they leave with? Absolutely. That's that's a great question. And, and that's the question that I lead off on on the Bridging Impact podcast is I always ask, what's your definition of impactful leadership? And so for us, the the our definition at bridging impact for impactful leadership is just to be able to positively influence another person, putting, putting it simply. So if I am going to, if, if we have ex athletes coming through our programs, what I really hope that they get out of is that their impact on the world matters. Um, and they, the way they show up matters. And so what do I mean by that? So as a, as a teammate, you can either give energy, you can be a neutral energy, or you can take energy away from the team. Are you giving energy by giving your best self in the drills, by encouraging others, by communicating in a, in a positive way? Or are you just kind of going through the motions? You're not taking from the team, but you're not adding anything. Or are you, you know, actually taking energy from the team, aka you're taking energy and time from the coach, from your team, because you're being a distraction, you are being rude, and we have to constantly teach and reteach. So I'm really hoping that they learn how to bring, you know, putting it simply, how to bring energy and contribute. Because that's that's what I'm really hoping that they come away with is how can they contribute to, you know, when they find a job, when they go to college, mm -hmm. how can they contribute to the organizations that they are a part of, right? And again, we're going to go back to kind of what we were talking about on social media. Um, everyone, and this has been the biggest challenge with our one of our teams, um, is everyone wants to score 20 points per game because that is what's celebrated in the media. Okay. How can we get, how can we teach at bridging impact that those that get seven rebounds and one point, how, how can we get them to have that self-confidence that yes, I am contributing to this team. I am contributing to, you know, the boys and girls club where I work. Cause that that's where I work. So that's the example I am contributing, even though I may not be the flashy one, how can I help them, you know, develop that self-confidence that there are other ways to contribute besides the flashy ways. I think that's a concept that of them wanting to be an impact, you know, a, a person of influence to their, uh, community to their friends around them. I, I just think that's something that youth, especially especially a lot in in the sports arena, are not recognizing mm. th that they have that ability to do, and or that they are doing. They just think, hey, what I, my yeah. actions and my 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 things that I'm doing just affect me. When there's nothing could be further from the truth. And John Maxwell says that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Mm -hmm. 
And so, you know, if that is influence, you can be a positive leader or a negative leader because everybody has influence. Oh, I'm not a leader. Huh? Really? You're influencing somebody. I see you're a leader of somebody. And I like how you broke it down into three categories because it made me remember a study that Gallup did a few years ago on work engagement where they mm -hmm. interviewed folks and they classified them as either engaged, disengaged, yes. or actively disengaged, which is what you just alluded to. And they found that 30% of all employees were engaged. So I think this translates over to students in school and in teams. So 30%, you got a team of 10. That's 30% of them. Three of them are just yeah, going for it. 52% are disengaged. They're kind of in that middle category. You know, they're not hurting. They're not helping. They're just kind of there. So about half of your team is like that. And then there's 18%, or on the case of the example we're using of 10, around two that are actively disengaged. They are, you know, causing resistance to the process. Yes. And as for the years that I was a teacher, because and you'll, you'll identify this too, the years that I was a teacher, I can think back to individual classes, and I can always remember that top group, that engaged group, and I can mm -hmm. always remember that disengaged group it's that right. group in the middle um and i think it's that group in the middle that 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 is going to value what you're doing the most because they're the ones who you have the potential to move to the engaged group the actively disengaged they may be a lost cause and i hate to say that because i believe in everybody's opportunity but really let's focus on those ones that have the greatest impact so uh, that's my little rant audience you've heard it before and now you've heard it again so there it goes uh, no i love it i i think yeah i just want to touch on that real quick is yeah i think you're you're helping me realize that this time is like for me i'm thinking specifically on my team as i kind of heard you talking you know those percentile and and that's what i really our 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 mission at bridging impact and me just as a coach wh whoever i end up coaching is how can i move some of these you know players that are on the fence how can i help guide them mm -hmm. into the engaged and helping because I, one of the big things I've been trying to, you know, push for my, for the teams that I'm coaching is like, how can I get my 30% that are engaged? How can I ha have them pull them along? Because at the end of the day, they, Ooh. they, they like, they like coach, right? They trust coach to a certain extent, but coach is also coach, right? Coach is not a player. He's not playing with us. You know, he's, he's not necessarily that he's yelling at us, but they there's just like an element of respect where that players have for one another that if a great leader is a great player who can bring along some of those middle in the in the middle roads into the engaged that's 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 deep because now i'm thinking about to the baseball teams that i coached and i mm -hmm. work with and i it always frustrated me sometime during the season that my elite athletes were not being impactful to those ones in the middle. They were more like, hey, I got to do my own. And they were more hanging together. When, when you found that one who not only was developing his own skills, but was had the vision or the awareness to look at that kid who was underneath them and say, come along with me. Let me show you how, how it's done. That's when the team started to click, when that kind of happened there. Um, Hmm. How do you do that? How, how do we get that top percentage to to realize their potential and pull that middle group up? 
Yeah, I think one of the big things is, is I'm still learning in this process, but I think one-on-one conversations is a big thing to have. Um, I have one specific leader that I, on the team that I'm coaching right now, and he is he's outstanding. He gives me great eye contact. He gives he's a great communicator, and I try to talk to him after every single practice. Number one, I always ask him. I always ask him for his opinion on how did the practice went, what was the energy like, right? What, mm. how can we improve? And so I'm I'm kind of giving him trust like that's first is like you have to give them a voice your your top leaders your your most engaged and you know now you're inspiring me to have a conversation around with him let me see how how can we make sure how can we bring some of the you know i can list off maybe a couple of names that are uh, people in the middle that you know again are are the ones that aren't super engaged but they're not actively going against you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so how can i how can i have you you know, bring some of them up and just, you know, having that conversation. And, and the one thing that I'm really realizing, and I'm still kind of a newer coach is it doesn't happen overnight, you know, oh, like no. it doesn't happen overnight. And I've, I've noticed like just from my small experience uh, that for whatever frustrating reason that I, we end up playing the best at the end of the year, which is what you want. Right. And it feels like you're finally figuring out what to do. And then the season ends. Right. And it's like, then you start all over again. And so um, I, I think one of the big things is just like having those one-on-one conversations. Those That's a huge, important part. And, and then putting the ball in their court to be like, okay, what, what athletes do you think we can bring on to be help become better leaders and, um, you know, keep people on track besides just yourself and, and, and the select few others. When we're talking here, I'm thinking about, the first question that comes to my mind is, is that why aren't coaches doing this? Why aren't more coaches looking at this as an opportunity to train young athletes into being leaders and they're still focusing on skill development? And immediately I started thinking about in college, who are the successful legendary coaches and what was their philosophy versus the ones who may be the most, who are flashes in the pan which mm. caught fire because, you know, they're good skill development people. And if they recruited the right athlete or if they had the right ones, they had those couple of years, you know, those, we, we see those quite a bit. And, you know, in, in your area, I mean, of course, the, you know, one, the, one of the greatest coaches of all time at UCLA, he, everybody goes to the, to the John Wooden uh, pyramid of, is it pyramid of success? Yeah. Like, yes. Pyramid, that's a yeah. man who was totally devoted to developing young men during his time there and I've, no one can argue with the results of what he produced yeah he taught people how to tie their shoe you know like he <laughs> he really he wanted people to do things the right way and i'm actually reading actually i'm listening on audible to the gold standard by coach coach k from mm-hmm. duke but it's actually about his experience with usa basketball actually the chapter i literally just listened to this morning when i was eating breakfast is about lebron james and jason kidd and so uh, Jason Kidd was more the the veteran at the time on the USA mm-hmm. basketball team, and uh, Kidd he he had a conversation 30 minutes before their first initial team meeting because they called Kidd the grandpa. You know he's only 34 years old, but for player years, you know, yeah. I guess he I guess he was old, you know. So he had you know he was one of the team leaders. So we met with him 30 minutes before the team meeting, and they had a conversation. And Coach K asked, he's like, you know, uh, hey hey Jason, like, what do you think our team you know, needs. And he's just like championship teams show up on time. 
And Coach K was like, okay, that's that's great. I agree with you. You know, it seems simple, right? But can you say something about that in our team meeting? So at the end of the team meeting, you know, Coach K asked, hey, does anyone have anything else to add? And, J and Jason Kidd goes, hey, championship teams show up on time. So that was like a really cool example for me to learn about, you know, what you're talking about, about Coach K, the most successful coaches, they focus on empowering their athletes, mm -hmm. but also just doing things the right way and like really building, you know, kind of like that John Wooden pyramid. And I can't tell you what, what, what each right. part of the pyramid is, but he, I know for a fact, Coach K is dedicated to developing young men into young leaders. Yeah, and it's uh, why then are we seeing so many, especially young uh, coaches that are coaching young uh, A type teams, travel teams, and this is this is not just in uh, basketball; it's in all aspects. Why do we see that lack of of understanding that you're there to develop the individual, not the you know the skill? Why do we see that? Do you think? I think there's a couple reasons. Number one is ego. And I think the mm. drive and the love for winning really just like overpowers the the need for developing for the long run, right? They really are, they want the short-term wins. They want to win now. And I, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm in a position where I've had an opportunity to work with quite a bit of different coaches. And, you know, I actually had a conversation with my girlfriend about this. I'm like, why don't, you know, coaches, you know, connect with their players more. Like it seems like obvious just to literally ask, what did you eat for lunch today? Do you have any tests yeah. coming up? You know, like things like that. And, you know, she made an interesting comment that made me kind of view things in a different way that being able to ask those questions and, and get personal outside of sports requires a bit of vulnerability and vulnerability is kind of like letting down the ego and just like connecting with someone human to human. And I think for a lot of coaches, it can be kind of challenging. You know, it feels like, how do I have that conversation with my athletes? You know, like, oh, why does it even matter? You know, like, let's just play. Let's just play basketball. Let's just play baseball. Let's yeah. just play football. Right. Let's just do that. We, we can do that later on. And it's just like. There's, they don't see, because you can't measure relationships. You can't, you can't measure yeah. impact. And they don't like give you that. a trophy for having the most teamwork on your team. No, they don't give you the a trophy The team that's that. most cohesive and has the, the most development of individuals, they don't give a trophy for that. No, no, they don't do that. And, and they also don't give, you know, medals, you know, later on, you know, oh, you made an impact, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it's not like there's no data point behind it. There's a data okay. point behind free throws. There's data point, you know, behind threes. So my, my son was uh seven, eight years old and he was a part of a team and we had joined this team because we thought that this was ba uh, baseball. We thought this was going to be a good skill development. Uh, we'd heard really good success stories about this group and there were a lot of kids on the team that had uh, pretty good skill sets for their age. I mean, they were eight. I mean, come on, how much they have. But I watched one of their practices one time, and one of the assistant coaches was out in the outfield, and the boys were getting hit balls in the outfield, and they're eight years old, and they were dropping some, or they weren't picking them right. up quickly right. enough and throwing them. And he started yelling at them and said, you kids are pathetic. This is pathetic. We're never going to win anything. We're gonna, we got a tournament coming up, and we ain't going to win anything. And it was right there that I said, as soon as the season's in, I'm out of here. I said, there's no way that I'm going to be a part of this group with these guys yelling like this. 
And uh, I told my wife that when I got home and she just kind of sighed and looked at me. And I said, what? She says, I guess that means you're going to be a coach from now on because you're not going to be satisfied with anybody's. (laughs) And I did. I ended up coaching him for the next six years uh, on on various teams. But it was, it, it was ego. It was ego coach. That's what they were all about. They were more worried about, I never saw them do what you just said, engage with the boys on the side. It was more telling them what they needed to do. And, and, and I saw much better coaches find out about them, want to know what was going on with them. Um, the very first team that he was ever on, two great coaches. Head coach was amazingly good, understood that. But the assistant coach, he was around asking them, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? Tell me about your family. Yeah. On the first practice and stuff, those those guys on that other team, they didn't care. I don't even think that they could they remember my son playing with them the, the next year. Um, but those two others coaches, to this day, they still remember my son. And he's uh, that's been 13, 14 years ago, and they still remember him. So exactly. They're they're there for the impact, right? They're there for you know, transforming lives on and off, on and off the field. And I, uh, I definitely have seen similar kind of, you know, interactions with, you know, what you're talking about um, with the outfield, right. And those situations, you know, like you can structure and you can correct and you can coach, but I've always been under the, the assumption of you, you cannot bring down the player. You do not say you are pathetic. You can be like, Hey, you're not giving your best effort right now. Right. Mm-hmm. This is what, and, and then a lot of times, this is the biggest thing that I noticed coaches don't do. And, and I caught myself doing this the first year I coach, I would tell them something and they would have no idea what I'm talking about. No idea how to do it. You got to model it. You got to model what it looks like. And then you got to model it again and again, and you got to teach. And then you got to really reward when they do it the right way, when they do it and they go full speed, you got to get excited for them. And in whatever way, you know, I know not everyone's, you know, the big rah, rah coach. And I understand that, but you know, you just have to give them like, even if it's a a one-on-one, Hey, great job. If I, right. If you're not, you know, super loud and and every, every coach has different things, but you have to reward them for when they're doing things really well. And I think there needs to be more, you know, positive, uh, you know, positive uh you know affirmations Mm -hmm. but even with the team i'm coaching now a lot of times i'll ask them you know what did we do well at the end of practice and what do we need to improve on their brains are so wired on what we need to improve on that they haven't been focusing you know on on what they did well so that's something i'm trying to i'm trying to help them with that yeah you kind of give them something to go back to hey i do do this well when thing when other things don't go their way and they run into obstacles um you know, that they're able to do that. So it's like to me that the, the, the purpose, you know, that you're trying to work with athletes, you got a whole nother opportunity here to engage with, with young travel team coaches and, and, and uh, youth coaches of just training them, uh, just training those who are just starting out. Cause a lot of them are just doing it, you know, cause they love the game or they, like you said, they play ball, uh, in college at some level. And so people are calling them back to coach these teams, but they may not have a, a total understanding of what's going on. So there's an opportunity there um, to, to engage coaches to be maybe exponentially uh, uh, create a bigger uh, impact for your organization. 
Absolutely. And that's actually what I started bridging impact podcast around was just to pass that wisdom on to the coaches and youth development professionals that work with youth. And then I, I found out, you know, and so how, how I'm going to figure out ways to align that I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. Right. But I know I, we were definitely thinking in similar minds of, I really want to teach coaches how to make an impact, you know, besides their, their sport and their athletes. And I I've worked with quite a bit of coaches now um, in the past year and, um, a lot of coaches need to just connect. I, I, I would honestly say the biggest issue, the biggest like thing that a lot of coaches are missing is that ability to connect. And I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's like lack of like wanting to, lack of not understanding how to, like I haven't quite, I don't know what that data point is. Could be a I priority thing. Yeah, I mean, they, prior- their bigger priority yeah. is to get a W than it is to create, yeah. you know. Bigger priority is to get the win than it is to create a winner. And then you have to define what a winner mm-hmm. is. I was just trying yeah. to think of a little cute way of saying that. And that, that came to mind. So they're wanting yeah. to get the win where they really need to be creating winners for life. So, and that may mean yeah. that they have a season that is not with wins and losses as successful as they look on the outside. But I'm going to tell you something from, from my age perspective, I, I, I have students that I had in my first 10 years of my career as teaching that, are, you know, that was over 20 years ago. And they, uh, they still come to me and they still share with me, Hey, you know, I remember this, this was so much fun. It had an impact on my life and, and it changed the stuff And that, you know, even though we may not have been successful in some stuff, you know, that, that was a lot. Uh, that, that, that was that was a big impact for me and stuff. So you're located in Southern California, right? Correct. Yeah, Los Angeles. So how does if, if there are young there are parents of young athletes in that area, how can they connect with you in that area to learn to get a part of what you're doing? Absolutely. Yeah. No, you can email me at coachfortado at bridgingimpact.org. Um, that'll be a great way we can set up, you know. I have different packages that we can do with our sliding scale based on your, your financial budget. I want to be able to serve your athlete. And so we are working on building out programs and finding partners for schools to run programs and camps. Um, that's still in the process, but really just, you know, contact me and, and we can do something. I'm actually in the process, just had an idea over the weekend of being able to kind of build out an app through bridging impact to provide resources and content for young athletes that is in a way of clarity because I know one of the biggest issues for and you can probably testify to this as well is there's so much information on how to be a successful athlete how to do this how to do that mm-hmm. that it's it can get overwhelming when you get this piece of information and this piece and I want to create kind of a, a, a community um, you know for athletes so maybe you know Stay tuned for that. Not sure if it'll be out by this time the episode is out, but just wanting to provide as many resources as I can. You can follow me on the different social medias. Um, I'm Coach Furtado Double O on Instagram and Twitter, Coach Furtado TV, YouTube, and Coach Furtado One O on, on TikTok. And I just really hope to. I put out a lot of inspiring sports content, and you know most of the contents for athletes, but some of it I actually you know I post clips from Bridging Impact podcast, which is you know design more for coaches and parents and, and youth leaders. So, that, so how, do they connect, how do they find the the podcast if they wanted to listen or is it Absolutely. just listening or is it up video as well? 
Oh yeah. So bridging impact, uh, you can find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, and, uh, yep, those three. And then you can also watch it on YouTube as well uh, at coach Furtado TV. I put it out. Um, I put out, you know, two episodes a week. One is a recording with, you know, a, a guest like yourself. And then on Friday, actually, you know, I share in about 10 minutes about, um, I share, the wisdom that I'm learning from the week and trying to apply mm -hmm. a lesson. And I tie it into the newsletter that you can sign up for um, on bridgingimpact.org. Oh, wow. That is very cool, coach. Very cool. So all of those uh, links to uh, his site, his social medias and to his podcast are going to be in the show notes. So if you're watching, look down and hit you know the little button that says show more and you'll see all the, the links there that you can click on. If you're listening uh, to us only just go to the show notes on your favorite app and you'll find the links there because I really want uh, the audience to be able to gauge. And for those who are in your area, I hope they can take advantage of it. So, Coach, yeah, thank you for, for sharing with us today. I, I really love what you're doing. I really I love when, when I see people who understand the value of developing the total individual, the total youth, yeah. and not – I think we do such a disservice to young men and women – as they're coming through, especially those who are talented to focus only on, you know, their skills. And, and uh, there are so many stories of outstanding God blessed, talented athletes who come out of high school that flame out immediately because of mindset attitude and, and their inability to realize what is the most important thing in life. And I value greatly uh, what you're doing and the impact that you're making. So thank you for that. I appreciate you, you know, giving me the opportunity to share the message and, and giving me insights. You know, I, I wrote down a good amount of notes that I'm going to be able to take back and implement, you know, today in practice. So, My notes yep, <laughs> we got, we got the notes and we're ready. So I, again, I appreciate, I appreciate everyone in the audience for, for giving this a listen. I know there's, there's so many options and it's so cool to, you know, be able to, yeah. you know, I, I got some really cool perspective that one of the guests that I had come on a podcast, he told me, he's like, you know, listening to a podcast, it's like having people come and listen to us to talk in a living room, you know, and if you only have five or 10 people that do that, that's five or 10 people in your living room that were listening to that conversation. And that's an honor. So I appreciate oh, it. I appreciate that. And I love that perspective. And for a podcaster, that kind of gives you a, some encouragement as well. That's a nice encouragement. So exactly. thank you audience for sticking with us uh, to the end. Someone that you know definitely needs to hear this message today. So please like and share and comment on this, either on YouTube or on the podcast. And we hope that you find value of it. And we'll see you again next week on our show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. And follow us too on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.